Hello everybody, this is Captain Katz. And the Knight Rider. And welcome back to another episode. Um, just to let you know, Omega Kai's not here. Um, he just couldn't show up this week, but uh, still, you know, he's here. <laughs> Alright, so this week we're going to be talking about comics, uh, video games, and uh, food. But uh, starting off with comics, uh, sad to report that Stan Lee passed away earlier this week. He was 95. He passed away at the Seder um, Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles on November 12th. Um, it's sad to hear that. He was one of the most important people in the comic industry. Don't you think that, right? Well, duh. I mean, well, there was Jack Kirby and then it was Stanley. And Stanley was the one who brought all those characters to life, like, what, the Fantastic Four? Uh, um. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fantastic Four, the X-Men, the Amazing Spider-Man, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, He played an important role. The reason why I don't say that much is because he made so much. Right, that's true. Um, Stan Lee had a a great life. He did so much for the comic industry. Not only that, he, I think, single-handedly brought in the Silver Age of comics, but also with how the way he did everything at Marvel and his time at DC as well. A lot of people tend to forget that he did work for DC for a short time, just like Kirby did. What exactly did he do? Um, during his time in DC, he wrote a couple issues and uh, tried to help DC out, establish their feet more And during the late uh, 90s and 90s, I think. Um, but, he did do a lot of, but he did do a lot of stuff. Um, besides doing, um, comics, he also did, um, a, ser- a, a thing called POW, uh, POW Entertainment, which developed, uh, films, television, and video games. Um, not only that, he, um, he created a series for POW. It was on Spike TV, Spike TV at the time. Uh, remember, uh, Stripperella? Oh, who? Well, who really hasn't? Yeah. Very, it was very <laughs> controversial for its time. Yeah, it was really risque. Um, but, um, but it was, it was all right. It was good. And then he also did, uh, uh, another thing called, uh, Who Wants to Be a Superhero? Remember on Sci-Fi? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but he always cameoed at his, as himself. You know, and the Marvel Universe with um, entertainment and the cartoons and the movies and all that. And I think he did the TV series. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember that. Well, that's something worth to investigate. Yeah. Because people miss, almost missed him in the first Spider-Man movie where there was like the debris falling after um, the Green Goblin killed uh, <laughs> his board of directors and then the crumbling on the ground. And you barely see him grabbing a girl, you know, protecting her from the debris. And he's like, look in the sky. Very quick. <laughs> so that's probably like the only cameo where people might have missed him. Right, right. Yeah, that too. And then... Um, and I think it started when the first Fantastic movie came. And that's when he gradually, you know, he made his presence known. Like, hey, I'm the mailman, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, the Incredible Hulk. And um, the one that I loved was... Ah. Um, uh, that is pretty. It's pretty hard because he did so many. He was the stripper announcer from Darede- uh, Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that. I, I never, even though he didn't create Deadpool, 
which was funny. He was just in there. <laughs> I thought that hey, was... at the time I was expecting him to do something. I just didn't expect him to be that. Uh, and especially too when he did uh, the second the, the announcement for the second Deadpool, and he was like, "Hey, it was like Zip it, Stanley." <laughs> oh man and then um sadly his last cameo um was funny was from a dc film and it was teen titans go to the movies oh yeah where he made fun of uh them then he made fun of the fact that as a marvel guy he himself was there and he's like oh no it's like oh i thought this was a marvel movie oh i gotta get out of here yeah (laughs) But see, that's the thing. A lot of people didn't uh, remember that he did work for DC. He um, he he did a, um, like you know Batman, Superman, all that reimaginings uh, in his style. So um, and they were they were unique. Um, not only that, but also a great thing that Stan did was he always preached about equality in terms of uh, race, religion human rights he championed all that um if you don't believe me look at all the original comics that he did um the x-men the x-men was a group of uh, mm-hmm. uh mutants that were different from society they were considered outcast at the time what about when, did he do a run on captain america mm, no not that i know of. or maybe influenced it where captain america you know he's seeing that racism was wrong when it came back in the 60s right and he's like, well, this is actually wrong. Mm-hmm. I got to do something about it. Yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he have a part to play? Or yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Else? He did. He did. He did. Um, in um, with Captain America. Um, not only that, but also too. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, the Incredible Hulk. Hmm. You know how people were afraid of what was different, even if it was scary. Something beautiful can come out of it. I guess that wasn't the message. To me, that wasn't the message at the time. It was more like, right. well, you got something completely different. It could actually, it can actually be good. But naturally, everybody, you know, it's human nature. Yeah. Nobody likes something that's completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And naturally, they're afraid of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And then also to um, the Fantastic Four with, um, you know, even everyday families have uh, issues, but they at least they work together. To get along and also to overcome those issues. Oh yeah, especially with uh, the thing. Mm-hmm. With him, the thing, and um, oof. yeah, always the thing and Richard Reed. I think the thing with everybody in that group, you just because he was just a rock, all rock, and he was a thing, and you know, and his, and his, the other and his fiance dumped him because she's like, I can't, you know, you're too different, and no, and he got heartbroken. And then he found his new girlfriend who was blind, but right, right. But she, she understood. Him. You know, she accepted him. Like, yeah. well, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not only the superheroes that he brought in, he also brought in um, great iconic supervillains, and who's no greater than an iconic supervillain than Victor Von Doom, aka Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. How the way Doom presented himself, how the way Doom um, imagined how he sees the world. And also the only character in the Marvel Universe, and I think in comics, I could be wrong, that 
always talked about himself in the third person. Mm. No other character I've ever seen done that. Unless you count Bob Dole, but... Well, yeah, that, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so sadly, you know... Uh, much people respect. people seem to forget also that he was also uh, a World War II veteran. Yes, yes, he was. A He's, lot of people. A lot of people tend to forget about that. And the only reason why he di- got into the comic book industry, I remember one of his documentaries, and he was talking about his service and mm-hmm. the reason why you know his imagination came to be was out of boredom. He was you know probably sitting in the forest you know in between skirmishes and stuff, and he's like. Well, there's nothing else to do. I'll maybe I'll just make a little stick doodles, and all of a sudden, you know, he, since he was so bored, he really worked on them, and they turned out to be the comics that we're reading and hearing about today. Really? Well, not well. I mean, he was a good artist. It's just that he didn't have the time, and since the war was there, you know, he was. I don't think he did went to the war. I don't think he was a vet. Well, that's what he said in that documentary. Which one? He said. Ah, oh, there's. Oh, I am trying to remember. Oh, let me look. That but he was up. talking about well, there was nothing else to do. I might as well just do something. And he picked drawing, you know, drawing the. Uh, what did he say first? You know, some of the animals and then the scenery and stuff like that. Then he started drawing his army officers and other soldiers and stuff. And then all of a sudden, that's where he popped up with some ideas. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Lee entered the United States Army in early 1942. Yeah. Yeah. As a member of the Signal Corp, repairing telephone poles and other communication equipment. Yeah. Uh, okay. And out of sheer boredom, he just, okay, there's nothing else to do. I'll just draw doodles. Right, right. And in just, and using those doodles, that's when, you know, when he got out of the war, you know, mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. And the comics industry starting to, you know, go up. Mm-hmm. He used those models as his ideas for, you know, like the Fantastic Four and stuff like that. Right. You know, use the models mm-hmm. to make what we see as Marvel Comics today. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, yeah, well, a sad day. Not only that, too, but also um, the day before Stanley passed away, uh, the president of the San Diego Comic-Con International, John Rogers, also passed away. Oh, yes. So, um, he was a good man. Got to meet him a couple of times. I always bump into him. Yeah. Um, John Rogers was a good person. Um, he did everything that he could to bring, to make the Comic-Con what it is today. This big cultural phenomenon that brings everybody together for about a week. What year and did, what year did they say that he started, you know, as the president? Was it in 86? Like 86, 87. Yeah, and that was when they were um, building the what would now be the convention center, center in San yeah. Diego. Mm-hmm. And he was the guy who said, "Well, instead of doing it at you know at the old El Cortez or you know, um, I forgot what they did at the time." Yeah, the El Cortez. The El Cortez. They also did the San Diego Town and Country. Mm-hmm. For a he while. was the one who suggested, "Hey, why not we take it to this convention center and see what we can do with it?" Yeah, and that's what happened in 1990, and mm. here we are today. Yeah. Yeah. So he did a lot for that convention, and um, our condolences to Lee's family and also to Roger's family. Yeah. Um, they both played a huge part in the comic community, um, both in the industry and outside the industry. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
And on top of that, um, what was your favorite uh, creation of Stan Lee's? Like, hero and villain. I don't know about heroes, unfortunately, because there's so much of them. Right. Hmm. And it's very hard for villains because they were so good. Come on, you got Victor Von Doom. Mm -hmm. You got Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery. Mm -hmm. You got Captain America's Rogue Gallery. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard, but... I would say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go with Victor Von Doom. All right. He, he had that presence, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the intelligence and come on, man. He, he, he you know, his, his suit and stuff like that. Right. He makes it look good. Oh, of course, you know. It was iconic. The guy, the guy was iconic. He, you know, you couldn't, um, couldn't go against that, you know. Like, even to this day, it's like. They're like just just by looking at him, you'd be like, okay, I know that's Doom. Yeah, you know, and he has played a pivotal role in the Marvel universe time and time again. So, um, why haven't they used them recently in the like the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, because of the Fantastic Four, because of the um oh the first two uh, yeah original movies, and then they proposed uh, the. Unofficial reboot right. that itself was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so according to uh, many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, villain-wise, two. Um, actually three. Um, Baron Zemo. Oh, Captain America. Yeah, one of his villains. Um, I thought he was cool. You know, even though he he rocked it in the purple suit, <laughs> uh, I thought he was cool. I thought he was different. You know, he he always carried this uh, swagger with him. You know, um, and he was in whenever he had to do what he needed to do, he did it with class. You know, and and I thought that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, um, Galactus. Hmm. Because there wasn't a concept like that at the time, you know, like oh, like this this eater of worlds thing that's gonna come and kill Earth, you know? Why? Because he's hungry. He takes the form of a man, but then they don't realize. Well, this right. form of a man, you know, he sees the Earth like a tiny little pea. Yeah, and it's like I'll devour you. Arr! Yeah, pretty much. Um, and um, in the last the last character. The last villain, uh, Fing Fan Foom. <laughs> yeah, I know, stupid dragon. <laughs> but he was cool. I always thought Fing Fan Foom was cool. I thought he was always awesome. You know, even though he was just like this big old giant. You know, didn't they bust him out in uh, any of the Marvel movies yet? No, none yet. They should have by now, but he was always a. Uh, but that um, would require making another Doctor Strange movie. But right now they're doing the Infinity Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a very tall mm-hmm. order. Yeah. Um. So what about heroes? Can you think of one, at least one or two that you think that always mm. struck to you? Well, I'm not going to cop out with Captain America. I'm not going to cop out with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Or, or most of the X-Men. Right. So that's going to be tall order for me. Because uh, 
I might have to not a no contest because, like I said, there's so many. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the ones that are standing out, like you know, the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. Iron Man, uh, Captain America, uh, Hawkeye, mm-hmm. Spider Man. Yeah. Oh, Webhead himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what you want me to say, Howard the Duck? <laughs> he didn't create Howard the Duck. Yeah. See, there you go. See, he did not create Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck was um, someone else. Um, so me? that's why it's more easier to, for me to pick villains. Right. Because, you know, they're more, like, developed and, like, you know, ah, they make their right. presence known. Unless for the heroes, yeah. everybody knows. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Make a list. Yeah. Like the lizard. Oh, from Spider-Man? Yeah, the lizard was cool. You know, you only had one lizard, of... green pants, and a trench coat, and lizard, uh, like, lab coat, and just like, ah. I thought it was cool. Yeah, but in the movie with, uh. I don't get me started. Yeah. Um, uh, me, I think out of all the superheroes that he created, uh, the Inhumans. Hmm. I always thought the Inhumans were interesting because they were, um, they were like the X-Men, but on a, but they were like X-Men, but they were nomads. They were, they were grouped together because Galactus ate all of their home planets. And so instead of like, you know, fighting against each other, they decided to unify. They became this traveling nomad um, group that they treated each other like family, you know. And it didn't matter if one was from another planet and the other one was from another planet and the other one was from another planet. You know, they uh, they all had each other's backs, you know. They all treated each other like like this like this family. You know, and I always thought that was—I thought that was a pretty cool concept. Hmm. Old concept, but good. Well, not just an old concept. It's still—it's still a relevant concept. You know. What, oh yeah, it's relevant. It, you know, what defies a family? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, uh, a man and a woman. It could be consists of a family. You know, in this mm-hmm. day and age now, like. You know, same sex, uh, same sex couples, couples, um, they can they can form a great family, or um, transgender people can be can um, can be a form of family as well. You know, and it doesn't matter. Like if, for example, um, I married a, a a woman who's from like the Middle East, or from Africa, or from Europe, or from Asia. You know, it's still that form of family. Regardless of their background, their gender, their religion, religious background, and their cultural background, you know, that if you put all that aside, it's just two people trying to create a family. Regardless if it's adoption or having a family or doing it the old fashioned way, you know, family's family. Well, the definition of family is at issue here because, well, I'm just taking an abstract step back. Um, you know, there's the traditional, you know, man, woman, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Well, that's already changing now. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That whole concept of the the inhumans, it doesn't defy what is a family, a traditional family. It just, you know, like I said, they were all, they were all strays and they formed together to be a family. There are a bunch of different groups of people in that stray family and the inhumans, but nevertheless, they treat each other like family. Yeah. 
And unlike uh, Alexander the Great's generals after Alexander the Great's death, um, Lee made sure that, you know, in their history, comic history, they stay together. Right? What? The, the Inhumans? Yeah. Yeah. So he probably learned some good history, too. Don't do what Alexander's generals did. Hours after his death, they fought for his body and started a nasty civil war that lasted maybe 20-something-odd years, 30-something-odd years, and then finally, they were split into four. Right. Yeah. Well, good history lesson. So, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, we'll take a short break, and then we'll be right back. Mm-hmm.